What's up, Football MD fam? Hope y'all are all doing well, ready for this holiday season. From my co-host Mike and I, we would like to wish you all a very happy holiday, no matter what you're celebrating. This is an awesome time of year to spend with the family and friends and hopefully bask in fantasy football glory. Today, I will quickly preview all of the Week 16 games for your finals matchups. I'll be doing this solo as my co-host Mike took his lovely girlfriend on a weekend getaway. So shout out to Mike and Victoria. Hope you guys are having an awesome trip. But now it's time to get down to business. I'm Dan Ronan and I'll be bringing you everything you need to know for week 16. Now it's time to get down to business. Fantasy season is wrapping up and Mike and I would like to lay out one of the ground rules for the last two weeks. Or last week depending on your league. And this is not to overthink the last week. Rely on your studs. Rely on the guys who got you to this point. In other words, don't get too cute trying to risk it all for the fantasy championship. Because most likely you won't get it then. With no further delay, we will jump right into our first Saturday matchup between the Redskins and the Titans in Tennessee. A tough matchup for the Redskins against the Titans defense that grades out in the top 10 and second in points allowed. Peterson isn't what he was to start the season. And with Josh Johnson at quarterback, you're not trusting this offense at all. One may make the argument for Peterson being that he is a workhorse back and will get plenty of touches. That person will be dead wrong. Just check Saquon Barkley's stats from last week where the Titans held him to just 56 all-purpose yards with no score, forcing his first point total under double digits all season and obviously then being for his career. For the Titans, on the other hand, your concern is pretty much the same. The offense isn't very trustworthy, but definitely consider the defense and special teams unit because they have been very good and will be playing at home against a very vulnerable quarterback. No offense to Josh Johnson, but there is a reason his last start was in 2011 prior to this season. And of course, the breakout star in the past two weeks has been Derrick Henry, and he must be in your lineup in my opinion. The Titans seem to have finally figured out what I have known all season long, and that Henry is not only a stud, but the best player on the team and should be fed the rock. They will continue to do so today. On their way to a victory, leading us right into our Saturday night primetime game between the Ravens and the Chargers. The Ravens have been great since Lamar took over at quarterback, only losing one very close overtime game to arguably the best team in the NFL in the Kansas City Chiefs. But mind you, that hasn't correlated to much fantasy relevance, especially not in the passing game for the Ravens. Also, keep in mind that the Ravens will be traveling across country to L.A. to take on the Chargers in prime time tonight, which, from my perspective, isn't the greatest look for them. The defense is good, but do you want to risk that against Rivers and a very explosive offense? The passing game with Lamar has been non-existent, so no one to rely on there. If you absolutely need, Willie Sneed seems to be Lamar's favorite target. He had 5 for 50 last week. And although Gus Edwards has been hot as of late, that's a tough play being he hasn't caught a pass yet and they will need the passing game in order to keep up with the Chargers. As for the Chargers, this offense is simple. Even against a very good, if not the best defense in the entire NFL, the Ravens. They have been very stout. But for the Chargers at home, I'm expecting them to still score points with the return of Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen, both must-starts, along with Phillip Rivers. The only other player I'd be interested in is Mike Williams. He has been good, not great this season, very up and down, but the touchdowns have been coming his way, and as of late, I like him to get into the end zone again this week. That's all I have for the Chargers and that matchup. 
We'll be moving on right to the Bucks and the Cowboys in Dallas. And to me, this game has bounced back for Dallas written all over it. So I would be very hesitant to play any of the Bucks players, but you could take a chance with guys like Jameis and or Cameron Brait. Peyton Barber and Mike Evans are going to more than likely find their way into your lineup, being their workload, being high, and their production being good as well as of late. But don't forget that this is not the most ideal matchup. The Cowboys will definitely have some added motivation being shut out last week. And at home, this defense grades inside the top 10. So the Cowboys are real easy. And I'll be real quick with them. Star Dak in this matchup, also Zeke and Cooper. And even their defense at home is a good solid play. But that is literally it. And it shouldn't be much of a surprise being that the offense didn't roll much before Cooper's arrival. And since he's been there, it's been the three Musketeers, Dak, Zeke, and Cooper. And after the shutout last week, I'm sure, like I said earlier, there will be a little more added motivation for them when they return home to perform and have a good game that could solidify their position in the playoffs. So expect a bounce back game for Dallas this week. Up next will be the Vikings and Lions matchup in Detroit. And it's crazy how things change so quickly. Just in the beginning of the year, we were so high on Stafford and this offense. But it seems like no one can be trusted. Kenny Galladay is a very up-and-down performer, but will probably find his way into your lineup if for no other reason but just because the offense only has him. And Stafford, especially without on Johnson running the ball, has no other options. So Kenny Galladay worth a start if you really need him, but definitely not ideal. This offense has not been clicking. On the other side of the ball, the Vikings will be just as easy for the opposite reason. Start Cousins, Diggs, Thielen, and Cook because they are the type of guys you drafted early to get you to this spot, and it is a good matchup against the very unimpressive Detroit Lions. So fire up those Vikings with confidence. The only thing to be aware of is with Dalvin Cook, and although his production has been great, and by the eye test, he is a much better back than Latavius Murray, they still seem dead set on using Murray under the new offensive coordinator. So he may just chew into Cook's workload a bit, not enough, in my opinion, to keep Cook out of your lineup. I do think he's still going to get enough work. And he's a very talented player, so he's going to be productive with that opportunity. Do believe that he should still be in your lineup. But just a little hesitation there. If you have somebody who has a perfect, perfect scenario, like nobody chewing into their workload, no competition for snaps or touches, and are productive on a good team, then maybe you sit Cook if you have a perfect, perfect backup. But otherwise, Dalvin Cook should be in your lineup. Our next matchup is the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers in an NFC South divisional matchup. And Atlanta should pick right back up where they left off against the Cardinals. I know they aren't home and they haven't been good this season, but they are facing a backup quarterback that should help their favor with short fields if the defense can play well. No Ito Smith and promoting from the practice squad at the running back position leads me to believe that Coleman might play upwards of 85% of snaps. While Matt Ryan will provide enough production for Julio and Austin Hooper in the passing game with Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley being touchdown relying gambles, if you will. Consider the Atlanta defense against a backup quarterback. Should be game planning to stack the box to shut McCaffrey down and force Tyler Haneke 
to try and beat you through the air, which is not likely. On the other side of the ball, with the Panthers offense, without Cam, it scares me a ton. Yes, you're going to start Christian McCaffrey because it's Christian McCaffrey. That's why he's a top five fantasy running back this year. And you do not sit him in the fantasy semis or finals. You just don't do that. And you're hoping that the entire offense runs even more heavily through him. But if the team struggles and is one-dimensional, it could be a rough day even for Christian McCaffrey. That being said, the Atlanta defense doesn't scare you too much. It usually does get torn up by running backs. So you're leaving him in your lineup based on workload and matchup here. But an offense without their star quarterback definitely scares me undoubtedly. And our next matchup is a good one between the Texans and the Eagles in Philadelphia. For some reason, when I look at the slate of games, this one just pops out at me as one of the more intriguing matchups of the week. The Texans have really been great this year, especially after a very slow start. Even good enough to come into Philadelphia and steal this victory from a much improved Eagles team as of late, especially on the defensive side of the ball. However, we know what the Texans offer us. Deshaun Watson, who has been the leading rusher on the team for two straight weeks, on top of being the star quarterback, of course. And DeAndre Hopkins, one of the very best elite wide receivers in the game today, and not much else. And for those of you thinking about Alfred Blue or Foreman breakout game, just no, absolutely not. God, no, do not do this. Midseason, sure, no problem with those hopes and aspirations. But if you're still playing in a relevant game this week, you're in the semis or the finals, and I wouldn't risk my whole fantasy season on the Texans' run game, not even if it was Lamar Miller. So that's that. Do not try that. Consider the Texans' defense, maybe, with a Watt and Clowney giving them the edge against Foles, who I know has been good, but if he is highly pressured in the pocket, he is nowhere near as mobile or as savvy as Wentz is when scrambling. So I can definitely see Clowney and Watt affecting Nick Foles in this game. The Eagles, however, have been playing much better as of late. It's almost like the other players on the team decide to show up when Foles is in the lineup, not Wentz. Hmm. But this matchup scares me for them even at home. Not because I don't think they can win, but because I believe the Eagles at home are a tough matchup for any team in the NFL. Not to mention the Texans, who will have to play outside in the cold, definitely favoring those Philly guys. But besides the likes of Alshon Jeffrey, there is no one I am interested in starting for fantasy purposes. Not that this won't be a solid entertaining football game, but I don't see it being much of a fantasy factor, if you will. Our next matchup I will cover very quickly, and that's the Giants at the Colts. The Colts, off of a shutout victory against the boys, are probably hoping to do the same thing again here. And with no Odell Beckham Jr. for the Giants, the Colts know who they have to stop. Use the same recipe they used against the Cowboys and the same recipe the Titans used on the G-Men just a week ago. And that shut down Barkley in the run game. I believe they will get this one done this week. You're going to start Barkley for the same reason you're going to start McCaffrey, but you shouldn't be thrilled about it. Although I do expect Barkley to beat the 7 points he offered last week, I wouldn't expect by much. Maybe just barely passing the double digit mark. And as for the Colts, everything is clicking for them, and I would continue to rock with not only Marlon Mack, Andrew Luck, but also T.Y. Hilton, and even consider the Colts' defense if you really need in a pinch. Our next matchup is one that I'm super excited about for the Browns, and that's the Bengals at the Browns. And here's why. It's an interesting matchup to me. 
I see this as one of those matchups that could be pretty beneficial for fantasy, but I think the Browns get the W in this one, and at home against a beaten-up Bengals team. The only guy worth starting on the Bengals is Joe Mixon, off of sheer volume, and rather productive with that volume as of late, which has surprised me, being that I really thought with A.J. Green and Andy Dolan out of the lineup, the offense would be at a halt. But Mixon has remained relevant, and he should still remain in your lineup. But the reason why I'm excited for this game is the Brown side of the ball. And I want to start off by acknowledging what's really happened for the Browns this season. Yes, ultimately firing Hugh Jackson, labeling this as a disappointing season somehow. But they cleared the under-over line of 5.5 wins this past week with a victory. And if able to secure a victory against the Bagels at home, we'll sit at 7-7-1 with an opportunity against the Ravens in Baltimore to not only finish with a winning record if they can pull off the upset, but also, in doing so, play spoilers to the Ravens. This is the most relevant the Browns have been and the most they have excited for in Week 16 in this entire decade. So props to the Browns on finding a way to have their best season in a decade and still being hard enough on themselves to saying it's not good enough. Very, very impressive. So quickly, start Mayfield and Chubb if you're looking for a touchdown-relying gamble. It's Callaway for me. He's the only third option in the offense that I'm really trusting. Besides that, just Mayfield and Chubb. In the next matchup, the Bills travel to New England to take on the Patriots. And although the Bills have been great as of late, and Josh Allen has been really playing lights out, like one of the better quarterbacks in football actually, leaving a lot of hope in the near future for the Bills. But I do believe this game will be quite the reality check. I still have belief in the Patriots even though a lot of people are doubting Brady and the Patriots but I just don't see it Patriots coming off of two road losses and now returning home it has little to do with the Bills and more to do with the Pats making a statement so for the Buffalo just a wrong place wrong time in my opinion avoiding all Bills the Patriots on the other hand should make the statement that they are who we thought they were. The New England Patriots, a force to be reckoned with come December and January. I like Sony Michelle and James White, especially with no Josh Gordon anymore in the passing game. I do think Brady will be good tomorrow, but his recent struggles, I wouldn't blame you for avoiding him. Just know that I believe you will regret that decision. But if you have made it this far, you definitely have done so throughout the playoffs without him in your lineup especially in the past few weeks. So whoever you have been starting might be a better option. That's dependent on your roster and who the other quarterback options are that are open to you. Just a quick reminder, you can always hit our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at FootballMDPod to contact us and get that advice that you're looking for, more specifically for your roster. Just send us screenshots of your roster and we will break down exactly who you should be starting and who you should be sitting. And with that said, we'll move right on to the Packers at Jets matchup. This game I'll run through quickly because there isn't much to be excited for. I do expect Aaron Rodgers to be too much for this team, but the Jets typically do play much better at home than they do on the road. Even still, Rodgers has the skill set to shred any team on any given day. Start Rodgers and Devonta Adams, but the one position worth mentioning, of course, is the running back position. With Aaron Jones headed to IR, Williams is set for a huge workload. And even against a solid run defense in the New York Jets, I'd still call him a must start, at the very least as a flex option. 
but he can definitely offer you high-end RB2 numbers as well. So start Jamal Williams. And on the Jets' side of the ball, the Packers' defense doesn't really promote fear. Unfortunately, there isn't much to be trusted in the Jets' offense. Taking a chance on Robbie Anderson is the only decision worth the risk, in my opinion. He has been better as of late, and for anyone who has listened to the podcast since preseason, knows I am a believer in his talent. His size, his speed, his route ability combination is very impressive. So I believe in his on-field abilities. But we see with his constant problems off the field, he misses games and even doesn't show up sometimes when he is on the field. A risky play for the fantasy finals, but the only person on the Jets worth considering at all, in my opinion. In our next matchup, the Jags travel to Miami to take on the Dolphins. And the Jags are an absolute avoid. Do not play any Jacksonville Jaguars. Absolutely not. And for Annette, no, not in the finals. Here's why. I do understand you spend a first round or second round pick on him. But first and foremost, that's your problem, not mine. Secondly, he has missed just as many games as he's played, 7-7. Seven and seven, And yet he has only had three good games. That was a three-game stretch from weeks 10, 11, and 12. Besides those three weeks in which he topped 20 points, he hasn't had more than eight points in a single game. Now, I know you have him on your roster and you made it this far. You have done so without him. So continue to do so and bench him just on principle and because the Jags just simply are that terrible. On the other side of the ball, the Dolphins are also an avoid, but much easier to explain. You know that guy, Kenyon Drake, who has been a solid RB2 option for most of the season and was only hindered by Frank Gore splitting time with him? Well, when Gore finally went down, and I say finally, I don't actually mean it's a good thing because you never want to see a player get injured. But for Kenyon Drake owners, you thought when Gore went down, it would benefit Kenyon Drake. Unfortunately, it didn't at all. In fact, they decided to cut loose the rookie running back, Kalen Balage for 12 carries for 123 yards. So yeah, avoid the Dolphins, not because the players can't produce, but simply because you don't know which player will be next. Pay attention to the guy who's promoted from the practice squad this week. He has probably got the best chance of the starter. Damn Dolphins. Up next is the Bears traveling to San Francisco to take on the 49ers, and definitely a game that should be dominated by the Chicago Bears. But I am still only trusting Trubisky and or Cohen, undoubtedly. Howard is underutilized, and I stand by that statement. But I'll go into that more into the offseason with a player spotlight, no doubt. But for now, trustworthy, especially at this point of the season, is only Cohen and Trubisky. And as for the receivers, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and Anthony Miller are intriguing, talented players, no doubt. You never know which one will benefit the most or who will show up. Not worth the risk, in my opinion, especially not during the semis or the finals of the playoffs. And as for the 49ers... They've only won at home this year and are coming off of two straight home victories and looking for a third. The only problem is the Bears haven't been offering much help as far as making mistakes. Teams like the Rams and Chiefs can afford to make bigger mistakes because they are so explosive. They can catch up or make back whatever mistakes they made. The Bears are built differently. They are built to play solid football and not beat themselves with enough talent to have some complimentary scoring involved, but the tough defense makes it very difficult to upset them when your team just doesn't match up well. That's the 49ers, and all that to say this. Take the chance on Brida and Kittle if you would like because the workload is going to be high for them, but this is not a good matchup 
for this team. In the next matchup, the Chiefs and the Seahawks are going to offer a much better fantasy output. In my opinion, it could possibly be the game of the week on Sunday night. And the Seahawks have a real shot at home with a strong defense to really pull out this victory. But no matter how good the defense has been, the Chiefs offense has been better. If I have to tell you to start Mahomes, then you're probably not in the fantasy playoffs. You're probably in some consolation bracket still looking for advice. Give up. You didn't win. Hill and Kelsey obviously both must starts, and at the running back position, I said it last episode, and I'll say it again, I like Damian Williams. By my eye test, he is the best, most explosive, most elusive, most versatile back they have on the roster now that Hunt is gone, and he should be not only the starter for the Chiefs, but should be the starter in your lineup, at least, at the very least, as a flex option, if not an RB2 or higher. As for the Seahawks, the matchup is much more desirable because the Chiefs don't play defense, or at least not very well anyway. Start Wilson and Doug Baldwin, who always turns it on at the end of the season when you need it most. So thank you very much, sir. Most people are not being relied on right now, and Doug Baldwin is stepping it up big time. And Chris Carson would be the back to start for the Seahawks as well. Unfortunately, if you have been relying on the Seattle defense this year, this isn't the week to test the Chiefs. I don't care if Seattle is home in prime time. Do not do it. As for our last and final matchup on Monday night, I don't understand how the Broncos and Raiders, the most irrelevant game of the week, end up on Monday night. How does this happen? I thought we flexed games at the end of the season. No one thought to flex the least relevant game of the week out of Christmas Eve night where everyone in the country is going to be off and tuning in. At least it should provide for fantasy owners on the Broncos side of the ball. I like Lindsey to finally get back to form after a down week and the Broncos defense should be a good look even in Oakland. As for the Oakland Raiders, you know what the deal is if you've been listening to the podcast. The Raiders situation is Jared Cook and nothing else. Only because the tight end position is so horrendous, you can't do much worse than even starting the tight end for the worst team in the league, the Oakland Raiders. So that's all I have for you guys today. Enjoy the games. And remember to check out Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at FootballMDPod in order to stay up to date with all things football. Now that the end of the season is quickly approaching, we do want to remind you guys we will be giving you content all year round if you're into free agency, the draft, off-season in any way, shape, or form, we will providing you that content as well. So stick with us. For you, all of you football fanatics, we'll be giving you the fix you're looking for.